Welcome to the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. I'm David Pratt along with the president of Everything Financial, Peter Shashecki. On season two, episode six, we're going to go over 10 key questions that you should know about life insurance. Peter, as you call it, life insurance made easy. <laughs> Absolutely. Why? Okay. We'll, we'll find out in just a moment why. But nevertheless, we're talking about so many insurance products misunderstood, especially by younger people. Oh, it is. There's so much insurance out there. Even in life insurance, yeah. it's not just one type. There's tons of types. So we're going to try and go through the basics in this podcast and just give people a little bit of knowledge to make them dangerous. Now, Just a little bit of knowledge yeah. to help clear up some of the confusion. And like all our other podcast episodes we've done, that's the whole thing is to educate the public and just give them a little more understanding than they had before they tuned in. Okay, let's start with, to me, the only place we can start with this. The first question is, what is the purpose of life insurance? Well, great question, Dave. The main purpose of life insurance is really to look after your loved ones or your debts yeah. when you're gone. That Because this, this is life insurance we're talking about today. It's really sometimes morbid, but very simple. If you pass away... What do your loved ones need? Yeah. What, you know, and that's the whole key is, is the first one is what needs to be paid or what needs to be provided if you're gone. So that's kind of step one with life insurance is that's the purpose. Well, okay. You, you brought it up. So let's, let's get this a little deeper into it because this is so critical to it all, Peter. How do you figure out what you need? Well, great question, Dave. And that is kind of the next step. Okay. It, it, you know, there's a purpose for life insurance. Yeah. And then, and so looking after debts, looking after this, looking at that. So how do you figure that out? Well, there's a thing called a needs analysis, which we're going to put up on the screen for you. Some basic, simple ways to calculate how much life insurance you should have. So we'll give you the, the Coles Notes version here. Sure. You look at what is going to be needed by your spouse or partner to, or, you know, any loved one to pay off all your debts. That's item number one. Then, so debt elimination would be one way to figure out what you need. Then the next one after debt elimination is ongoing income. What will your loved one need after you're gone? So, so a simple question to, you should be asked by your registered financial planner is, you know, morbid question again, but if your partner dies and all your bills are paid over and above your income, Will you need extra money per month? How's that for simplifying it, really? Tough question, yeah. but a question that involves th serious thought. And then you figure it out. But here's the thing, which sometimes people are a little, I don't know if it's misled or just not fully informed because of just people don't think about it. But so again, let's rehash this. Debts are paid. What income then do you need over and above the any the income you have? But the big question that's always missed is how long do you need that extra income uh, for? Yeah. Maybe you have a four and an eight-year-old and you decide, well, I've got a good job. I need this much more income to help with daycare costs and after school costs. Or I need this much more income until the kids go to university and then I'm okay on my own. Or I'm a stay-at-home spouse and I need this income for the next 30 years. I don't know. But there's the thought that goes into it. So again, debts, income over and above what you already have, 
How long do you need it for? So you get that number. And then the most important part, so you're not overbuying or overpaying, minus what is already provided. So maybe you have insurance, some insurance already in place. Maybe you have coverage through your employer, or maybe you just have a lot of savings sitting there that can pay off a lot of these debts for you. So in that needs analysis we're talking about, all those little calculations have to go into it. And if you get those calculations in there, you pretty much can figure out really close to how much insurance coverage you need. So that's the key. Go over the process and then figure out how much coverage you need and then you go on to the next steps. See, you make it sound simple, but to me, I look at this and I go, okay, there's there's, there's two main concerns here. One is the ability for people to tell themselves the truth about anything. Okay, so there's that. And do they actually want to do the homework. I mean, that's a lot of work to do to come up with the right numbers. And again, lying to yourself is so common just for the two reasons I just uh, explained. You tell me. Yeah. It, but when you're doing, and we talked about this, uh, I think in our earliest, our last episode sure. on the podcast, this is part of the financial planning process though. Yeah. It's, it's going through the process. And if you want real solutions you have to be true to yourself and you have to do the homework because it's your money. Yeah. If you don't want to just go buy some random amount of insurance that you could really over-insure yourself, yeah. then you have to take interest because we have a simple saying at Everything Financial, garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> so if you're not true to the advisor, yeah. whomever yeah. that advisor is, him or her, you can't blame them when the, them when the solution is wrong. So if you want serious solutions, when, when you go to your firm, your advisor, and you're doing a plan, you know, I know, I know with me and, and my um, team, we want people who want serious solutions. They want to take things serious for serious issues. And, and we'll gladly take the time. It's a tough question to ask, but do the homework is worth it because the biggest part of doing a financial plan is doing that first plan. And once you put all the work into the first plan, then doing the reviews after that is a little easier because the hardest the hardest part is admitting there's a problem, Dave. Yes. <laughs> the hardest yes. part is just getting into the plan and starting it. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on this. I mean, and you talk about the homework here. Okay, maybe the, f the first place we should start when it, when it comes to doing that homework is realizing that there's a lot more than just one type of life insurance. So, I mean, oh. that's, a, that's a lot of work right there. Yeah, and, and that's the job of the registered financial planner. If, yep. you, if you just go to a person who only deals with insurance, they're going to have an insurance-heavy solution, unfortunately. If you go to a registered financial planner who's looking at your finances, your debt elimination, your savings, your education to put the kids through school, um, the right type of mortgage, your taxes, your taxes, and your savings on taxes, you're dealing with someone who's just, the insurance is only a cog in the wheel. It's just one part of the solution. So you're gonna get someone who's looking for what's the right type of insurance that fits into the overall solution. They're not, it's not an insurance heavy based sales pitch. Yeah. It's again, and showing you different options. Well, if you get this type of life insurance, Here's what will happen. 
or if we do this type of life insurance, yeah. here's what will happen. They're looking for a really well-rounded, complete picture because there is so many types of life insurance. And sometimes, especially starting out, is just buy the basics because you just need in the beginning a life insurance solution to pay those bills. Yep. And life insurance, like all insurance, is really just a product you're renting. And when you're renting a product, you don't want to pay more rent than you have to. Because in the end, it's about, with life insurance, we're just talking life insurance in this episode, yep. Dave. Yep. But in the end, it's just about the death benefit. So if it's just, if they're all going to pay you $750,000, I'm just picking yep. a number out of my you-know-what there. Yeah. But if they're all going to pay you $750,000 and that's all you're buying it for for now, at the beginning, then get the $750,000 from a reputable company that's inexpensive. Don't overpay. Now, we talk about like term insurance. And again, I want to get into some of the specifics here. Um, let's deal with this. Now, do I lose coverage, you know, when the term ends? Is it Not through most of them, Dave. And okay. again, a great question. But a key question you should always ask, because that's one of the things we're trying to do with these podcasts, yeah. is teach people to ask the questions they didn't know they're supposed to ask. So you buy 10-year term insurance. Let's use that as our example today. Sure. And people think, well, in 10 years, I have no more insurance. No, not if your term insurance is renewable and convertible. So you're 30 years old, you and your spouse have two kids, a mortgage, some debts, car debts, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. You've bought X amount of insurance and, and the advisor says it's 10 year term insurance. Well, what happens in 10 years, providing you make sure you bought this type is in 10 years, it converts over to another 10 year plan. So you're getting the cost ah, okay. in 10 year increments. So in 10 years, the cost will go up, but you're guaranteed not to lose the coverage. So that's one thing you have to look at is, is my coverage convertible to another plan? That's the C in the RNC. Okay. And is it renewable where it will automatically renew to a new 10-year plan when the first 10-year plan expires? And the rates are already guaranteed. Now, they're not pretty after the 10 years a lot of times, but your biggest worry first off should be, God forbid something happens to me, I want to make sure I'm not going to lose the coverage. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about this all the time, you and I, because, you know, money is, is all, always about how you spend it and the investment and everything that goes along with it. So let me put, put it to you like as, as bluntly as I can. Is life insurance a good investment? No. I mean, life insurance, yeah. that being said, yeah. that doesn't mean you shouldn't have it, but you're not looking at life insurance as what's my rate of return. Again, it's not an investment product. It's a, it's a solution-based product. It's there to take care of debts, first off, yeah. provide needed income after you're gone to a loved one or in a business. It could be a partnership or whatever the case may be. It's not there to invest. Don't look at, well, if I don't use the insurance, what's the rate of return on that money? Because we go back to, I think, the third or fourth question you asked today about types of life insurance. Sure. There's life insurance products out there that are being sold as investment products. The rate of return on those investment products is very low and it takes a long time even just to break even. Look at insurance for what it really is. It's a solution to a need. Hence why we put the needs analysis on the screen. Yeah. 
figure out the need, figure out the amount, and figure out the type to provide the solution for that need. I know, Dave, you said I make it sound simple, but that's the whole point of these podcasts is to educate the public, take all the crap and BS and double talk out of this stuff and and salespeople talking down to you. The job of your financial planner is to educate you and find a solution, not to shove a product down their throat that's going to pay them 10 or 15 more percent commission than the other product. It's to to find the right solution for your budget that provides, you know, what your family needs in this case. See, I think that a lot of people, and I'm one of them, and I'll, I'll openly admit this, I look at life insurance as a one size fits all kind of commodity. And it's the, it's the worst thing I, I can I can say because I don't want to admit just how uneducated I am about it. But, you know, life insurance is something that I've just sort of kind of kicked to the side of the road here. And that's how I look at it. How do you get people like me to open their minds and do the work? Great question, Dave. You don't sell them a product they don't need for starters. Yeah. yeah. You you educate them like we've talked about the first four or five points of this podcast. Yeah. You educate them slowly on the process. Okay. And you find multiple solutions for them because remember, here's the broken record, Peter again. Okay. It's their money, or as we say with our podcast, and it's your money. So they should be taking that into consideration and finding what fits into your cash flow situation to provide the solution. And in doing a financial plan, because of cost, they may not get all the life insurance they need. They may get 75% of what they need. But if 75% of what they need for life insurance fits into the plan so that they can still address some of their other needs, aka RESPs for the kids' education or paying off a high interest credit card debt or gosh, saving so you can actually have that work optional lifestyle. You know what that means, Dave? Everything. Taking a vacation for you and your family once in a while. And if we if that has ever been true, like it is today, like with the last 20 months of that COVID-19 thing that we're so, we all are so sick of hearing, but still have to take so seriously, like start spending money, enjoy yourself. And if you put all your, you know, I always hear Dave, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And people think that's about investments. It's about everything financial in your life. That was not done on purpose, by the way, people just putting those two words (laughs) together, but it's true. That's how the name of the company came up though, is, is looking at what you need for insurance without sacrificing the other parts of your financial plan. Cause we don't know what's going to happen between yeah. today and tomorrow. And you buy insurance to protect you and your loved ones and pay those bills, provide income, but you don't want to overspend on it because if nothing happens, you got to plan for other things too: sure. education, retirement, family vacation, you know, all those different things. So you can't just say, I'm going to bank heavy on insurance. In other words, you put everything into the insurance, I'm banking on my demise in the next who knows how many years. You buy insurance just in case for the amount you can afford, but that fits into the plan with the other stuff. And that's the key. Taking the time to develop the plan so you don't overbuy and overspend on the life insurance aspect. Every great salesman I have ever seen in my life focuses on one simple approach sell the benefit. When it comes to life insurance, you know what I mean? 
this is kind of a whole reverse philosophy that goes along with it because hold on here for a second. I'm buying that life insurance for myself. How am I going to be around to enjoy the benefit? Um, again, walk me through the, uh, the emotional element that goes along with this benefit that it'll make sense to the, to the individual who's actually writing the check. Okay. Well, I'll give you something not to do first. that helps answer your question. Okay. When the salesperson is giving you an insurance solution based yes. on guilt. Okay, guilt. <laughs> but that's what you're really, you didn't say the word guilt because you didn't yes. think of it. But, but really, that's sure. what it is. When they're it's, giving you the solution. Of course. Because they're trying to sell a benefit based on yeah. guilt of yeah. your, you know, this, yeah. that, your family, whatever. Find a different person to provide you the solution. Okay. It's because insurance is not the only solution. Again, you've got to walk through... Anything to do with financial planning, I know you say, show me the money, but in this case, it all comes down to the math. Yeah. What do I need? How am I going to get it? And how much do I need? So it's it's not just when you're in talking about insurance, so you under the process, insurance isn't the only thing that should be discussed. It should be discussed, how does that insurance benefit help my family? But you said the keyword benefit. How does it benefit the rest of my financial plan? So if something happens to me, that I said earlier, the children are four or eight. Yeah. So if something happens to me in the next eight, 12, 14, or 20 years, depending on that scenario I gave you earlier in the podcast about, yeah. you know, do you need it while they're, you need after school help or until they go to university, whatever the case may be. So what's the benefit of having insurance then? And how can this insurance change later when my benefit is different? When I see the solution for the yeah. insurance changing, that's a discussion to have with your registered financial planner uh. is, okay, I'm buying this now because this is the benefit I need and the benefit it gives me. What do we do with this product when the benefit changes six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years? How can this product adapt to a changing situation in a few years from now? That is key. And when they start to educate you on that, you know you've got the right planner for sure. So in other words, if I go to a Christmas party this year and somebody introduces themselves as an insurance salesman, I, I shouldn't you know, get the concierge to go get my car and just leave the party. No, I'm I, I should stick around and actually listen to what he has to say. That's right. Now, are you going to have these 10 points written down in a cue card about how to no. make insurance easy, like life insurance 101? Um, maybe you will, maybe you won't. But just just a second. I'm going on to YouTube. Here we yeah. go to everythingfinancial.com. What was that episode again? And then you start asking him the questions. And then they'll be cursing that everything financial guy, Peter. Um, but no, but really, anytime you're dealing with anything – See, I said anything instead of everything in the financial world. Remember, it's about your money and the person who wants to take the time to find the right solution for you. Because I look at financial planning and and what we do with the Omni formula as really putting together a financial puzzle. The process of putting together a puzzle is it should, well, should be always the same. You start with the outside and you work your way in. The Omni formula is always the same process on putting together the plan where insurance is part of the plan, part of the process, and part of the solution. The process of going of what goes into finding that solution is the same. 
just the numbers and the benefit to each person are always different. And that's what makes my job so interesting. I don't really look at it as a job, by the way, but but it does make it so much fun because it's putting together a financial puzzle to get a solution for a family or an individual. And it's always just a little bit different. And it's kind of cool when I do it to see someone's eyes light up and they go, oh, I never knew that. I mean... I would love it if I had a dollar for everyone over the last 31 years. Again, I started when I was three. Go back to the earlier <laughs> episode. You'll see me saying that. But if yeah. I had a dollar for everyone who said, I didn't know that. Thanks for you know educating me or thanks for teaching me or whatever. It, you know, when, when that guy put us together years ago, that, yeah. that, that man, Rob, we know of, yeah. and put me on that sports channel years yeah. ago, what was the first thing we said? I'm not going to be giving people stock advice or telling them to buy this or buy yeah. that. It, we, it, we wanted it to be an educational show for people, an educational thing they could tune into and go, oh, I learned something today by, <laughs> turned out they start saying that sarcastic sure. guy on the sports channel. That was me, I think, Dave. Okay. But, but we didn't want to do Dave Pratt guarantees, right, Dave? Remember, oh, we laughed I, about that. I, 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 it's worked for me, but okay. Yeah, we wanted to educate people because remember, Dave, your guarantees, the Pittsburgh Penguins did not move to Newmarket, Ontario like it was in a Dave Pratt guarantee way back when. Pretty bad that I remember that, huh? I can't believe you're pulling this up, but okay. Or, or hey, Shane Doan, guaranteed he's going to be a Vancouver Canuck. Remember that one? <laughs> Don't worry, Dave, I'll stop there because... I could have fun with this for the next yes, two hours yes, easily <laughs> and pull things out. And you'd go, oh, my gosh, does he remember every Dave Pratt guarantee? <laughs> the answer to that question is yes. yes and by does. the way, yeah. really digress here. If you're going to be in the World Series of Poker, yeah. that is a sport and involves great mental fortitude. Absolutely. I'm sticking up for you on that one. All in, baby. All in. All right. Let's let's get back to life insurance here for a second. Okay, let's do that. Yes, yes okay. I had to spice it up a little. Yeah, I, I, I think these wounds will heal. Here we go. Um, now, let's get to the actual mechanics of the dollars and cents to it. Of and the okay. premium, you know, for life insurance. One of the first questions you're going to ask is, well, is it tax deductible? Well, is it? I don't know. Not in almost every case. Okay. It's, when you're buying the basic insurances for you, your family, sure. etc. No tax deduction. The only time life insurance is tax deductible, if you're buying insurance for collateral purposes. So you and your partners are the owner of XYZ Acme Manufacturing Company. Maybe I'm not allowed to say Acme. I don't know. XYZ Company. Sure. Well, it, it worked for the Coyote and the Roadrunner. Um, but let's say you know XYZ company and you have a debt and you're, you, the bank says, we want you to buy this insurance to protect that company debt. So it's called collateral term insurance. Yeah. In that case, that premium on that life insurance, yes, can be tax deductible. But for the most part, in most cases, life insurance isn't tax deductible. So much so, we're going to talk about life insurance here for a second with your employee benefits. If you get employee benefits um, you know, from your employer, and part of those employee benefits are life insurance, because we're just focusing on life insurance today. People don't start emailing me in questions about disability and all this stuff. This is a life insurance podcast. We'll do, we'll do disability next time, maybe. But 
you have to be T Ford as a taxable benefit for that premium, or if you're doing a cost sharing type plan with your employer, you have to make sure in the contract what you're paying off your paychecks, so that payroll deduction yeah. covers the life insurance premium. That way, God forbid you pass away, your beneficiary receives that life insurance, it's tax free. So if you're not tax deducting the premium, then the benefit is tax free. And remember that premium is a tiny amount yeah. compared to what that overall benefit is. So you'd rather pay tax on the premium and have your loved one receive that benefit tax free 99.999 times out of a hundred. Next question is this, how does mortgage life insurance work? Well, it's really expensive. Okay, I was going to say. Question? As soon as uh, I hear the word mortgage, mortgage yeah, it's 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 it tends to cost about forty yeah. percent more. But again, let's mm. put this in simple educational purpose. You have a mortgage. We're talking Vancouver here, so yeah. you have a mortgage. Let's just I'm, say for five hundred thousand dollars. But it's a good, easy way to explain this. And the bank will sell you, and, and they do sell you life insurance to protect that mortgage. So the good part is, if you die, and you qualify that mortgage is paid off. Well, that's a good thing, right, yeah. Dave? Yeah. You would think? Absolutely. But what if five, six, seven, eight years go by and your 500,000 is, is now your debt, your mortgage, is 425,000? Do you think the bank will pay off the mortgage and give your spouse the extra seventy five thousand in equity because remember you remember Dave yeah. you bought five hundred thousand dollars of insurance, but the debt it's going to pay is now only four twenty five. So do you think they give your spouse the extra seventy five thousand? Why do I think the answer is no? You're right. The answer is no. So that's why the mortgage insurance is not that great um, because it, it declines. But wait a minute, the premium didn't change. Not only did the premium not change. If you have a renewal period in that mortgage, so I said eight years is my example. Yeah. And you changed your mortgage after five years. Well, the premium then changed because they put you into a new bandwidth. So, so we're not talking internet here, people. So they're pricing your insurance on age 30 to 35, 36 to 40, or you know, 35 to 39, actually, 30 to 34, et cetera. So every time your age changes, the premium changes, but you have declining coverage. So let's use that 500 example, 425 still owing, Dave. Mm -hmm. Would Now, wouldn't it make sense to do two things? And, and ask me on this or correct me if I'm wrong, but this is just my opinion. People, okay. that's what this podcast is about, education and opinion. But wouldn't it make more sense to first off, go buy an independent product that you own, the bank doesn't own, and you pay about 30 to 40% less premium. So lower premium, that's good for your plan, right? Yep. But if, you, God forbid, you passed away, if you bought $500,000 of coverage and you passed away, your spouse was given $500,000 of, yes. of benefit. Yes. But we just said they only owed four twenty-five dollars on the mortgage. So again, just a possible solution 
and say the mortgage is really a cheap interest rate as they are right now when we recorded this, they might choose to invest the 500000 and use the growth on that 500000 to pay the mortgage payments every month. So at the end of the day, they might have a paid-for debt-free house and they might still have three to three hundred and fifty or four hundred thousand dollars of that life insurance money still left. Much better solution than just giving it to the bank and then walking away and saying, okay, you're debt free, Mr. or Mrs. Client. Not only now, let's just take this one step further, Dave. Yeah. So if that makes sense to you, those solutions, that's good. But here's one more bonus solution bonus solution. For that 30% or so less in premium you probably can actually buy two insurance policies. So what I mean is wow. 500,000 on you and 500,000 on your spouse, two independent products. So God forbid you passed away at the same time in an accident or something. I, I hate to even think that, but we're trying to be realists yeah. here. What if it happened? Odds are slim, but these things happen. Well, that would pay out a million dollars then to your kids and, and your your surviving family, not just the five hundred thousand. But if I buy the bank product, it covers both of you. But one of you pass away, passes away. Not only are they paying the reduced amount of whatever's left on the insurance, in most cases the policy's over; it's done with. So you're paying more, getting less benefit, and getting a stricter benefit with less you know less options for you to decide on what to do. Therefore. The independently owned product comes out the best. I haven't even got into yet about underwriting, which on a on a mortgage from a bank, they do what's called the underwriting at death. So if there's been changes in your health and the policy, this isn't with every policy, by the way. So I'm just, I am generalizing here a bit. Why I didn't want to get into too much detail. Okay. This is again, a question you should ask. If it's some banks have you do the full underwriting, ask all the questions and it's a policy as good as gold in your hand. Yes, you're overpaying. You don't have as much flexibility, blah, blah, blah. But in some cases, it's based on your health at the time of, of the, the mortgage. So remember we talked about the mortgage review or renews yeah. in five years. Well, what if the mortgage renewed, they continue with the insurance policy, but your health changed over that period of time to, God forbid, a level of health that makes you uninsurable? You got cancer or something? Yeah. Well, then the insurance really isn't valid anymore and they wouldn't pay out. They'll just return Whoa. your premium. Whoa. So buy a policy that's as good as gold once you're approved and it's based on your health at that time. What if I smoke? You know, this, this goes on to what you were just talking about. Well, you're stupid. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, what if I smoke? Well, yeah, okay. um, then you pay smoker rates because you okay. have to disclose that on the application. But if you change and don't smoke later on and you, you quit, quit, you quit and yes. you can go a year without smoking, then you can answer questions, go through a health checkup and change your rates to a non-smoker rate. And good for you. You'll be a healthier person for it. Okay. So there there are options there. That's the main thing that I Absolutely. want to make sure that we're clear about this. Okay. Um, now, can I add to my insurance or do I need to go through all the health checks again? I mean, th th this is the, the thing that I really want to get some clarity on because there seems to be a long road 
once we start going down this path? Well, let's go through this in a couple ways. Okay. Um, the last question ties into this a bit about the yes. smoke too. Um, the thing is insurance is, a, and this will go into how you can buy more. When you buy insurance, it's a picture of your health at that time. So what if you don't smoke, but you start smoking later on though, in this day and age, I can't imagine someone doing that, but I know of cases where it's happened for sure. Well, the insurance is a picture of your health when you bought it. So if you start smoking two or three years later, you're not a smoker when you bought it. Yeah. So it doesn't suddenly change to be a smoker. Yeah. And this really gets into, can I buy more later on? Well, technically you can buy more later on and you have to go through the whole health regimen and answer the health questions based on how much more you're buying. The more you buy, the more scrutiny. Unless you bought a benefit called a GIB, okay. a guaranteed insurability benefit. In this case, you're guaranteed future coverage and it's in bands. It, you, maybe your guaranteed benefit is you can buy an extra $100,000 of insurance at a designated point in the future, no questions asked. So if you have that benefit, that's important. And this a lot of times comes into the play with um, policies on your children. People say, why would I buy life insurance for my kids? Well, God forbid, can't even think about this. If something ever happened to your child, then you have money to deal with the things that are, you know, you need, you're going to need help. You're going to need, you probably can't go back to work. You got to be there for you and your spouse. God forbid you went through that. But not only that, let's look at a brighter thing. If you can call this brighter, you're buying insurance on your child can guarantee their insurability later on. And a lot of these policies for children are very small, but have an option where they are guaranteed they can buy insurance for a more meaningful amount when they need it, when they're an adult. So there's a company out there, and we're not pushing companies, so we won't say who, but there's a few of them actually who do this, where you can buy like a $10,000 policy for your child, which is great. You have life insurance sure. for them, minimal amount, that's okay. But when they turn, say, 25 years old, they can convert that to a $250,000 policy, no questions asked. What if your child later on in life became diabetic, which can prevent you from getting insurance or be sure. extremely expensive? Well, with this guaranteed insurability benefit, you could get them that insurance that they might need for their family without doing health questions. I know of many cases where... You know, a child as an adult developed something that would make them uninsurable, but they had this benefit. So they're able to still get insurance to leave their spouse, look after their family. Maybe it's not all they need, but this is a person who's uninsurable who can now get coverage. And that's important. So that's what the guaranteed insurability benefit GIB will do for you. Okay. Let me wrap this up by asking this simple question. What is the easiest way, the easiest way to understand life insurance? Well, watch this podcast as one, but actually I'll give you a real easy way to understand sure. life insurance. This is going to sound so silly, but it's true. Okay. The easiest way I know to explain life insurance, it's a line of credit you never have to pay back. Okay. Now, what the heck am I talking about now, Mr. Pratt? So imagine this, the premium on the life insurance is just a payment on a line of credit and a very inexpensive payment at that. So a half a million dollars of life insurance in a lot of cases might only cost you the equivalent of 1% interest on that $500,000. Like it can be cheap or inexpensive as the case may be. 
And if you die, the interest payment stops, but your loved ones don't have to pay back that $500,000 line of credit and it's tax-free. So let's cut out all the BS, all the confusion, all the double talk and all these people baffling you with bullshit. I'm allowed to say that because it's my podcast. Yes, you can. Good. Let's make it simple. It's really just a line of credit you don't have to pay back. Now, if someone said to you, I'm going to give you a line of credit for a million dollars or a half a million dollars, and I'm going to charge you about 2%. Oh, by the way, if you die, you never have to pay me back that line of credit, and it's tax-free. How many people would sign up for that? Just about everybody. Yeah. Put the word life insurance in front of it. Uh, and everyone's ready to run for the hills because that's <laughs> evil talk. Oh my gosh, how can you do that? How, this doesn't work. You know what I mean? Suddenly you put the word life insurance in front of it. And no one wants to talk about it. But if you look at it just as being a line of credit, it's simple. And that's really all it is. Now, if people want to learn more, Peter, okay, or just you know get a second opinion on all of this, what's the next step? Go to everythingfinancial.com. And ask us to do a needs analysis for your insurance. Now, we'll do a needs analysis as part of, obviously, your overall Omni Formula financial plan, because that is key. But if you just want to get an opinion on your insurance, call us up. One of our team can help you out. And and you don't even have to come see us. We will gladly give you the tools, the simple calculation to figure out what you need for yourself. It'll take us a few minutes to show you doesn't mean we're going to make you an expert in figuring out the right type, the right product, or anything like that. But just to figure out your need for starters, that's good. Or go back to this podcast and look at earlier when we talked about how to figure out how much you need and we had that needs analysis on the screen. Look at that, do the math, and figure it out and and figure out what you need because that's where it all starts. I can't believe how much I've learned. I mean, wow. Um, What I didn't know. Uh, As always, brilliant stuff, Peter. I appreciate this a bunch forward to doing this again real soon as always as always thanks so much uh that is it for episode six we'll be back soon with episode seven thanks for sharing us uh on your favorite podcast platform and youtube uh if you've got a question for peter just go to your money at everything financial.com peter we'll talk again soon that's a pleasure guarantee. as always dave look forward to seeing you in a few weeks with the next episode absolute guarantee. Oh.